3: and welcome to the second episode of a changing attitude uh where myself uh my two uh cohorts are taking a a trip down memory lane where we're going to look back at the the much loved attitude era and see if it it's still as good as we remember it being um but those two cohorts are here with me now uh First, let me introduce uh, the effervescent Aura. Aura, how are you?
2: I could be
3: better, but I could be worse too. So we're just going to
2: call it right in the middle, as you should. Right down the middle, fair and square.
3: As you should, you A-W referee, you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) Aubrey Edwards is
2: a huge inspiration. I'm not even going to lie. She's amazing.
3: Yes, yeah, absolutely is, and uh, the 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 last part of this uh, triumvirate, uh, the Texas gentleman himself, Mister Tanner Pruitt Tanner,
4: how are you? Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm full of eggs and oatmeal, and I'm ready to review some wrestling. Let's, let's <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's the a... most
2: southern thing I have
3: ever heard, and I live <laughs> down here. All you needed, Daddy's grits, and you yeah. would have had the you would have had the trifecta.
4: So, some Tabasco, yeah. <laughs>
3: there you go. <laughs> so, guys, as we said on the 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 uh, pal episode, we. are Going to take a trip down memory lane and and go through the attitude era, but we're not starting the in the 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 normal place that people start the the Montreal Screwjob. We're going back to uh, the the genesis of one of the biggest players in in that attitude era, uh, the genesis of Stone Cold Steve Austin, which uh, mm-hmm. which is the King of the Ring nineteen ninety six, um, where we get the birth of Austin three sixteen. So that show was actually held in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, the Mecca Arena, I believe, uh, and it was on June uh, the twenty-third of nineteen ninety-six. And there's a little bit of a backstory to, uh, and kind of like a bit of um almost like um, a, a, a comedy of errors that actually led to to Austin, being pegged as the winner of of, of that uh, year's uh, uh, King of the Ring. Um, leading up to th- that that show, we lost uh, two two. Big big names in WWE and Razor Ramon and Diesel, then moved over to uh, to uh, WCW and they had just uh, started their kind of a uh, introduction and and leading to the to the whole NWR thing. Uh, so WWE kind of had to fill that void, but there was a, a big kind of controversial incident that happened on their way out, uh, which is uh, famously called the Curtain Call, um, where. Uh, Diesel, Razor Shawn Michaels and Triple H all kind of like um, hugged in the ring on the way out and WWE were not happy about this Um, they couldn't punish Diesel and Razor because obviously they were on the way out they couldn't really punish Shawn Michaels because he was the world champion Uh, so it was left to poor Triple H to bear the brunt of this and the punishment he got was actually uh, he was was pegged to win this year's uh, um, King of the Ring and he, he was basically stripped of that uh, the storyline that uh, he had running into the show was, was cancelled and he ended up fighting on the, what was then called the free throw, the pre-show against uh, the the jockstack wearing Aldo Montoya um, he would actually win the King of the Ring the next year but that's basically how we got to this position so without that kind of like, uh, whirlwind of, of, uh, of changes in WWF we wouldn't have got austin 316 and we may not have got the attitude era so a little bit of a, a little bit of history there but let's uh let's actually get into the show um for, we start with the the classic um uh, uh attitude era kind of a promo with uh they watched in 50 billion countries watched by 100 billion people the number one in sports entertainment um I mean, you've got to give props to WRE. Even back then in the 19, uh, 1990s, they were still the king of that uh,
4: production. Oh, yeah, and branding.
3: Until a big panda came along and uh, told them they were not allowed to use those letters anymore. Oh. Yeah,
2: Which is funny. That is one thing that I noticed in... You know, we we had talked about last episode about how Peacock may be editing different things. And I don't know about you guys, but I didn't really notice a lot of heavy editing, except in the closed captions. You know, I was telling you guys before the show, we're out of AC. We've been without it for about a week. So I have lots of fans in my house. So in order to really make sure I was hearing what was going on and everything, I turned on closed captions, as I usually do anyway. Not because I'm getting old and deaf, but because just so I don't make. You know, just so I make sure I don't miss anything. But while they were still saying World Wrestling Federation in the captions, the captions read World Wrestling Entertainment. Or anytime they said WWF, it would read WWE. You know, and there were other little things like words that they didn't. Uh, I believe um, Owen, not, not Owen. Yeah, Owen Hart on commentary. Mm-hmm. Was he referred to um, one of the ladies as a whore, to put it nicely? And of course, they kind of straight straightlined that out. But mm. other than that, I didn't. I didn't really notice a lot of heavy editing at all.
3: Yeah. I think with the the uh, worldwide Fund for nature deal and the WWF back then. They've they've been allowed to use those kind of historical um, uh, logos and and, and mentions. But I think the the network and the Peacock editing, uh, that's done in-house. I I spoke on uh, where I was to a a lady called Marie Shadows, and that was one of her jobs in WWE, was to to basically transcript the show and and take out... uh, uh, Bad words and, and words that they, they don't like using in in WWE. So, yeah, it's a, an interesting little thing that you picked up on there.
4: Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
3: But uh, let's get into the, uh, the show kicked off with uh the semifinals of uh of of the King of the Ring Stone Cold taking on Wild Man Mark Miro in a, a very long match. It felt long anyway, sixteen minutes or so. Um what do you what do you think of this um this this match, uh, Tanner?
4: Uh, yeah, no, uh, it was, a uh, it was a good, good match. I, I thought it was the right match overall based on the card to be the opener. Um, <laughs> it was kind of a shock to the system. First hearing stone cold walk out to some really like unStone cold music. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it was
3: still his ringmaster um, team.
4: Yeah. He was still using the ringmaster gimmick, uh, but they kept calling him stone cold. So it was like, ah, uh, okay. Uh, let's 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 see where this goes um but i guess the the um oh what's the right word here for the, the dichotomy between stone cold being the technician of the match like that that, that was kind of weird um versus marrow being the more um athletic um and fast-paced uh wrestler that he was um it, it brought a really cool dynamic so yeah i, I like the match
3: Oh, cool. So, uh, uh, Tana mentioned then about uh, Austin and his technical style, and this was very much in the early days of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, How do you think that Austin in this match uh, and in this show uh, overall compares to the Austin that we end up knowing, the Austin that was the the biggest star in wrestling, the kind of, like, bruised Texas redneck? I think we started to
2: get some of that as the show or as the match itself went along. I felt like... As he walked out, as he stood there at the ring post in the corner, waiting for Mark Merrow to come out, waiting for the match to start. And even in the beginning of the matches, we saw, you know, and like we've talked about before, I'm not as familiar with the older stuff because I didn't see it as it happened. I've seen clips, but I've seen the clips of ringmaster Steve Austin and uh, stunning Steve Austin. And I felt like. The match kind of started looking and feeling like a completely different person. Mm -hmm. That we got some of that stunning Steve Austin. And then, as the match, there was one specific point in the match, and I couldn't tell you when exactly it it was, but he goes to the edge of the ring and starts talking crap and the heads bobbing and everything. And I was like, there's the Stone Cold that Mm -hmm. I know. There's the Stone Cold that I'm used to. And so, I think. In a way, even though, you know, they showed clips to the previous qualifier matches where he had used the stunner before, I think probably this was the first match in and of itself where we were starting to see that full transition from stunning or ringmaster Steve Austin to true Stone Cold as we or as I know him. And it was kind of an interesting thing to see for me. But but I do agree the match felt a little long, I think, because it was a slower paced match, and because we had so many slow pinfalls, you know, it wasn't like some of the other matches of the night. You know, there were a lot of almost so close, but they seemed to be so spread out. And because the match was slower, I think it that's what made the match in and of itself feel a lot longer than it was.
3: Yeah, and, and you both make absolutely great points. It's almost like Stone Cold was learning his character on the job, um, and he learned it really, really quickly. Like I said, over the the course of this match, you could see the the kind of sparks of Stone Cold coming out by the time that we get to the end of it. But um, Stone Cold ends up winning the match and going on to the final. And uh, a little tidbit of information: he actually left to go to a hospital uh, after this match because he got a uh, uh, he needed fourteen stitches in his lip. Sixteen. Um, was Sixteen, if,
2: I, I believe, well, Vince may have been exaggerating, but I believe I remember. say exaggerate. No, How I know, you. right? How dare I? <laughs> um, but I believe I heard 16 stitches in his lip and potentially in his tongue as well.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Oof. Yeah. yeah, that that just, oh, no, I don't. these stitches in your tongue, that's gruesome. Um, so <laughs> then after that, we get a, a little bit of an interview with Jet Roberts. Uh, to try and uh, harp the match that, that was coming up and then we get the, the second semi-final uh, uh Vader uh versus Jake Roberts. Uh, not a long match uh, but it did for me what it needed to do. It made Vader look like an absolute uh killer but it also uh, allowed Jake to go through uh and kind of uh, maybe continue this uh this religious redemption arc that it, that he was on. Um Again, we'll I'll throw it to 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 you, Ori. What did you think of uh, this relatively short match?
2: Eh, I was kind of on the fence about it, but I, I I think you're right. Not only did it build for Vader that he's the ultimate big bad guy, and it also, on the other hand, helped with Jake. Not only the religious uh, redemption, but helped garner that sim uh, sympathy. I can't talk right now. Sympathy that I think he needed in order to move forward. You know, oh, is he going to be able to compete? Because they harped on that quite a bit throughout the show until that final match. You know, is he going to the hospital? Did Stone Cold see him while he was getting his stitches? (laughs) You know, all this, that, and the other. And so while usually matches like that, I'm kind of, yeah, on, I think it served it while while I may not have enjoyed it overall, I do see its purpose, and I
0: think it served its purpose well.
3: Yeah, um, Tanner, your thoughts on on uh, Vader versus Jake Roberts?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you both really hit the nail on the head here. This match, uh, had, could, can we call it a match? I mean, it, it was really more or less just like, like an exhibition for Vader and Jake to progress their own individual stories throughout the night with Vader being, you know, the, the, the biggest, baddest dude on the roster and Jake Roberts being super sympathetic. Uh, and we talked, we talked, uh, last match about, uh, how, stone cold kind of uh how he looked a little bit different at first jake roberts he looks super young in in that and he and he was still very much a veteran uh at that time but he you can tell in his face how how young he looks and and you can tell you know that uh you know he was he was a lot cleaner than maybe he was at previous Mm -hmm. times in his life um so you know yeah i think i think jake uh Jake did what he needed to do and, and, and kind of got over that real sympathetic vibe. Um, but uh but yeah, I mean this this match was like what less than four minutes long. I mean there's not really a whole lot to to, to look at match wise here. This, yeah, was, mean, this was a story match.
3: Yeah, we we analyzed it more than the match actually went down um,
2: <laughs> and, and poor jake was. honestly just as a side note poor jake you know if if you were watching at home owen kind of helped him with that like oh he's 51 he's 61 like every time mm. owen would call somebody's age he would age him up another 10 years i think uh gorilla monsoon was like 91
3: by the end of the show <laughs> you know it's <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. Got props to Owen. Uh, he was great on commentary. Um, he I, was. And I think around this time when they, they used to bring in the wrestlers, you used to get uh, Mr. Perfect on commentary quite a lot. Uh, and uh, this time with Owen, I think they really added to the show because they kept storylines going that weren't necessarily featured on the show. Uh, obviously, we're looking back at Owen breaking Stone Cold's neck and, and things like that, so... Um yeah it was a a good move having Owen in there as as a commentator.
4: Mm. Well the whole commentary team was really good e- even even Vince. Like I th- <laughs> I, th- I thought I thought <laughs> I thought I thought, uh, I thought the whole the whole commentary team was actually pretty pretty solid all night.
2: Yeah, yeah I I agree. It, it, Owen made for, you know, cuz some wrestlers when you get them in there in commentary it can be very hit or miss and I think Owen did a really good job of, you know, creating that continuity he was very much more or i felt he was very much more of a color commentator you know that kind of thing and i think he he did really well i was i was like mm, but i was really impressed
4: yeah 100 percent agree
2: and i didn't expect him to stay out all night and he did and that was really cool
4: yeah he certainly was um so
3: then after that we go into uh, the tag team title match smoking guns, taking on uh, the Godwins. Uh yeah, I mean, this was not a lot to rat home about. Uh I think for me the 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 most interesting thing about the match was the fact that uh the, the Godwins brought out little Billy goats with them, which I thought was amazingly cute. Uh and Oh then I totally the- had a moment of
2: oh it's baby goats
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I was yeah. total
2: girly for like point five seconds. I was like, all right,
3: we're good. <laughs> I mean, they, they even attempted to kind of like hog dance with the Goats who were not having it one little bit. Um, <laughs> they were not happy Goats. But again, going into the match, this was kind of a surrounding the management uh, of Sunne, um who, uh, who the Godwins were, were one of the Godwins. I think it was Henry, uh, has, has taken uh, taken a, a, a lack into Sonny um no it that, wasn't
2: it wasn't henry it was the
3: other one. Oh, phineas then phineas it yeah, yeah it was phineas, phineas and yeah. then
2: billy apparently laid a smacker on her and and charmed her over to the other t- which was interesting to see billy gunn look like that you know th- th- and and to me that's some of the most interesting parts of the show for somebody who's watching it fresh like they were showing um the earlier pre-qualifying matches that steve austin had and one of them was with bob holly Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy crap, Bob mm-hmm. Holly's got hair, like a lot of hair, <laughs> and it's brown. Long blonde looks. Yeah. No, it wasn't blonde. It was dark. Like, because I'm always used to seeing Billy Gunn with this, you know, bright, white, short, military-type cut. And I'm like, that's Billy Gunn?
4: Hmm. No,
2: not Billy Gunn, uh, Bob Holly. That's who oh, I'm talking no. about. Well, and, he then, was, and then he Billy was Gunn race... with the longer.
4: He was doing that race car Driver gimmick at the time, yeah. Sparky, plug. sparky plug. Plug, plug. There you go. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, it was, was... crazy.
4: <laughs>
3: oh, so, so crazy. So going back to this match, uh, I mean, I think I've made my feelings pretty well known on this. Uh, it was not the best of matches, and even though it only went ten minutes, it felt like it, it dragged for me. Um, mm-hmm. That I just didn't feel that there was a lot of chemistry between the Godwins and and the Smoking Guns and and the. The most character came from from Sonny herself. I mean, she was a uh, um, she was so charismatic, and and you could tell that she was the the, the star of this match for me. Uh, Aure, what are your thoughts on this match?
2: I can't disagree, especially since they kept cutting to the new Bonnie, Body Donna's manager, Cloudy. Which who was that, by the way?
3: I cannot remember. But that, <laughs> I'm gonna
2: have to look that it, it one was up. T-
3: it was basically to to uh, to rib. <laughs>
2: well yeah. And and I think a lot of that was to kind of it felt like a bridge, a transition match to close the chapter with Sonny and the Godwins and then open up a whole nother chapter between the smoking guns and Sonny and the Body Donna's and Cloudy. Yep. That oh God. I can't get that image out of my head. Who who was that? Oh my God, it's disturbing. It, her makeup was
3: it, it, great, though. <laughs> it, it, it reminded me of um, when Santina Umbrella was Santina. Oh, uh, yeah. Miss, Miss, the Miss WrestleMania uh, oh, battle Royal. Um Tanner, you you a big Smoking Guns fan?
4: I mean, not really. <laughs> 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 um, I, I, yeah, I thought the match was good. I mean, I was actually surprised just to see Billy Gunn as well, because I was like, dude, the, that guy has not aged, like, Mm. at all in, in in 30 years um so to to follow up here real quick uh cloudy was actually an independent wrestler named jimmy shoulders uh who uh
2: i can see why
4: yeah <laughs> <he>, uh, <laughs> yeah that big was a shoulders. lot of
2: shoulders y'all <laughs> <laughs> he's,
4: he's got a lot of shoulders um but he he did not stay long in ww uh f um, he, he, he went back to like the independent circuit and worked in ECW for a little bit. Um, th- this match was fine. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a, a kind of a classic WWE tag match. And I kind of wish that they, they actually did more tag matches like this. Um, cause they, they just built up, uh, the heat for a really extended amount of time. And, and then they got the baby face in, uh, to, to do the run It's re- really kind of a classic build um but i don't know it, like it's it would would this go over in front of like a like an NXT audience probably not but but it but it was a very solid match for the time i would say
3: okay um i mean you're allowed to be wrong uh but oh i will be <laughs> what very you think I, mr kirkby i i,
4: I will <laughs> i will be very wrong later on the show i promise that yeah i
3: i just i i i just felt that this and and it, it can kind of like go with a lot of the card. It just felt dragged out. Like, this was the period of uh, WWF where they were trying to uh, extend the the length of pay per views when uh, pay per views just be just over a shade over two hours. This was kind of touching three hours, and it felt that. Instead of adding maybe another match that that could have fitted in, uh, they wanted to kind of extend the matches that that were were already on. Um, Maybe that's a lot to do with the fact that they had to uh, chop and change with the Triple H stuff. Uh, Perhaps it was that. But I just felt it it dragged and and the, 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 the two teams didn't have a lot of
4: chemistry between them. You just don't like hillbillies. I think that's the thing.
3: Maybe. Uh, <laughs> <two>. <laughs> oh. So much denim. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So much denim. Wow. So then, after that, we get a, a little bit of a, a locker room interview with uh, Davey Boy Smith, uh, Jim Cornett, uh, Clarence Mason, uh, and a little uh, Diana Hart lurking in the background. Um, and we see that Mr. Perfect is sharing a locker room uh with the members of the heart foundation which uh oh that is a bit of a no-no uh, is he going to call it down the middle let's wait and see um but then we get uh Jerry Lawler versus the ultimate warrior and my god for mm. me this is the the third in the in the punch ball uh obviously yeah. this was to um warrior had not long made his comeback to uh the the WWF uh, and to be in a, a storyline with uh, Jerry Lawler, uh, it's a little bit of a come down for, for him. and uh, I know he had his issues with WWE. They didn't uh, really trust him. But yeah, the the, the, the most cringe worthy thing was the promo that Jerry cut on the way to his match. Oh my God. He, he, he goes over to the, uh, the King of the Ring throne uh, starts comparing it to his own. He, takes the, the scepter, like, literally takes it with him. Um, I'm not sure how Austin would have felt about that since it's it's his property. But it's the insult. It wasn't yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that is very true. Um, but he starts insulting the crowd, uh, calling the, the Milwaukee Brewers uh, drunks and, and losers, and then starts really picking on s- single members of the crowd. I think this one kid, he says, is that your face or did your neck throw up? He asked a group of women if the strip club was closed. And then the worst one for me is, it's girls like you that turn men into people like Goldust. Oh, it it made me cringe my skin inside out. It was absolutely horrific. Um, luckily, in the match, he, uh, he gets a, a bit of a whooping. Um, um, was typical, that a match? Was that... Well, It's it's as much of a match as you will get out of Ultimate Warrior, to be quite Mm. fair. Um, (laughs) And
2: and I was wondering that because like I literally like at the end of the match, I paused it and I was like, all right, when did he retire? I'm like, this was only this was only two years before he retired. I was like, Mm. this is what Ultimate Warrior was like. This doesn't like I'm not impressed with it.
3: Yeah, th- this Ultimate Warrior was trying to still be the Ultimate Warrior of the 90s. Um and whilst he got a big pop on his return because obviously it was the Ultimate Warrior it was a big deal, uh, that pop quickly faded because he hadn't changed his character, he hadn't moved along with the times, and yeah, it was uh, it was t- a typical Warrior match. Uh, we got a little bit of a beat down with a uh, with a uh, being choked with a uh, with the tape and with with Rob, and then Warrior did his. Uh, is invincible uh, running round the ring shaking and hits the flying shoulder tackle and, and a, a quick win another a sub four minute match I think uh, mm-hmm. what did you guys think of this
4: Uh, goodness. Um, let's rewind over to the, 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 the King promo. Um, (laughs) I'm super surprised that they left that in, uh, just because of how brutal that was. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just one of those things where you, you wouldn't, um, imagine (laughs) like, especially a company like, um, like, like NBC who owns Peacock that they would let just like, let that fly. Um, but I mean, it was there and um, yeah, that that would definitely not be something that you would see it here in the modern era anymore. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and thank I, God for that.
4: Yeah, I mean, you, I, I mean, I think you could get away as a heel with doing like uh, mocking the city. I mean, there's still plenty of wrestlers who like do that. Like MJF does that all the time. Um, but I think whereas MJF people know that MJF is is kind of being that way. Um, <laughs> Jerry, the King Lawler made this really personal, like when he was like, ta- like cutting promos on individual fans. So yeah, that's, that's going to be, that's, that's one for the, uh, relics of the, uh, the days gone by era. Uh, put that in that drawer there. Otherwise, I mean, unlock it. <laughs> yeah. And lock it for, for good. And um,
2: hit it with like a RPG or something, blow it up to never be seen or found ever again. Yeah. Ugh.
4: Yeah. yeah. It Kill it with fire. It made me fire. feel
2: gross
4: yeah yeah um this was not warrior's finest moment this wasn't even i mean this certainly wasn't jerry the king lawler's finest moment um <laughs> i i uh, yeah this is a dud this is this is not good
3: yeah nice. Aura, yeah. uh, you anything to add to that i just
2: i don't know i guess i was just kind of let down because i know how good jerry the king lawler can be And I have heard about how good warrior could be. So I was expecting, I expected the choking antics from King. It's King. He's a heel. You know, we clearly established that on walking down to the ring. But, you know, I just expected a little bit more. And I left feeling extremely underwhelmed. I mean, it was a piece of mold in an absolutely decent sandwich. You know, I'm not going to say it's the best sandwich I've ever had, you know, anything by that by that standard. But it was a decent sandwich and just a giant piece of mold on it just ruined the whole
3: thing. And, you know, and I'm glad that that you could eat around the mold if you really
4: wanted. (laughs) to. I
2: kind of feel like I I did, like (laughs) like
4: tear it out. You know, (laughs) I,
2: I feel like I did, you know, like, oh, God, this is just ugh. You know, and and I'm glad that this is a thing that we don't do anymore. You know, it's one thing to not on a mic, have some type of interaction with a fan, have fan talk a little crap to you, have you talk a little bit of crap to a fan. But just to go in with the blatant downgrading of sex workers and the blatant homophobia, like, I'm just glad this is not a thing that we do anymore. At least I hope it's not. It's not something that we see on a regular basis, and it makes me concerned for the next five years. If we're being honest, because <laughs> it's like, how much did did we really get away with back then? You know, that really
3: wasn't cool. A lot, a hell
0: of a lot. I yeah. know that's what worries me.
3: It gets worse. It gets <laughs> worse. I know.
4: Yeah. It gets it it, it. it almost gets worse later on in the night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but. here in the next few matches. Okay, but so, that
2: that felt like the absolute worst, honestly, to me.
3: Yeah, so let's uh, let's let's move away from Jerry Lawler's uh, just horrific, horrific promo, and we'll we go backstage to uh, President Gorilla Monsoon. Uh, he's uh, checking up on Jake Roberts to see if he's uh, able to compete in in the finals. Um, Jake again his ribs taped up and Gorilla saying that he's going to watch the match closely but he will uh he will definitely let Jake compete. Then after that we get uh the 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 Undertaker versus Mankind match. Um Mankind relatively new to the company going into this as as the heel um and Undertaker who's uh kind of changed up from the 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 um Undertaker original character, and he's now starting to, to wear the, the purple gloves and, and the, the, the dead man style makeup. Um, yeah, for me, this was a, a great match, and really kind of uh, the start of what will I mean, we'll cover it uh, in future episodes, but start of what will become a really cool feud uh, between these two guys. Uh, Tana, what did you think of uh, Undertaker versus Mankind? <sighs>
4: I'll be honest. This match put me to sleep. This, this match put me to sleep. <gasps> it was it was very very slow in my opinion. Um, I didn't expect them to have a quick match. I mean, I like <laughs> I know that it's not going to be like a like Rich Swan versus like Kenny Omega, <laughs> but this this was very very slow uh, for me. And so I had to go back and rewatch it. And when I rewatched it. It was fine. It, it was it was good. I would say it would be it wouldn't be what their what their future matches would become later, but it was it was a at least a solid foundation that that you know let you know and introduced mankind to you on a big level. He got he went over the Undertaker, which is huge for him in his career. So it's a great foundation for him. Um, and, and and Undertaker was 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 good. We got to see him. He made like a surprise introduction off the top rope. It, it was it, it was fine. It was fine. Um, but yeah, I would say um, this was neither of these men's best work. And I'll probably be proven wrong here very shortly.
3: <laughs> or you
4: you're full of bo-
2: crap, Tanner. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, first review in. <laughs> I yeah, thought
2: man. it was great. And and if Tanner is correct and says they only get better, then that makes me super excited. This was legitimately my favorite match of the night. Honestly. You know, I, I'm not saying it's the best match. I'm saying it's my favorite. And there there were definitely some spots where it was slow, but... I still really liked it. I liked the dynamics. I liked the inclusion of Paul Bearer. I liked the in and out of the ring. I thought it flowed, despite the slow spots, really well. I thought it was still interesting to see the two of them then as we know them now um, and how they were and, you know, Owen and Vince and JR talking about this man enjoys pain and all his scars. And I was actually watching it with my husband. He goes, Yeah, that's from ECW. I'm like, Oh, no, 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 no. You got to go farther over than that. You got to hit Japan if you're going to include all that. You know, I really, really loved it. So you're wrong and you're stinky poopy head. And I don't care what you say.
3: I mean, she's got you there, Tanner. Um, but I, I, have, I have to agree with Ori. I thought that uh, this was, I mean, I've, I've, i, 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 I Dislike this pay-per-view because of the pacing, but I think in this match it worked. The slow pacing really kind of introduced uh, the way Mankind breaks opponents down, and it also kind of works in in the way that, that the Undertaker uh, wrestles. I thought it was a a, a well-done match. Maybe a little bit longer. There's some stuff that could have been shaved off, but I also uh, enjoyed, like like already said, the 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 use of Paul Barrow who, who will end up playing a, a much bigger role in the storyline uh, going down the line. But I, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was one of the the better matches on the card.
4: Yeah, and, and I'm not saying it's a bad match. I mean no, far from I'm, it. Are uh, you? But it but it was are you? yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying that. Uh, but but it legit put me to sleep just because of how slow it was. And um, maybe that's maybe that's on me. May, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe I work too hard. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, You're maybe, slow. Maybe, <laughs> maybe i don't know maybe it could be any number of things but um this was definitely not the worst match on the card no but 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 certainly these two will have better matches in the future yeah
3: and i think that that's uh the point because we we know what is to come maybe that had a a, a bit of an effect that you know that the that these guys have got way better matches uh in their arsenal than this yeah So then after that, we are backstage again. Doc Hendricks uh, interviewing Mr. Perfect. And we get uh, uh, Shawn Michaels coming up, telling him to call it uh, right down the middle. Um, So then we go into uh, the Intercontinental title match, Goldust versus Ahmed Johnson. Uh, The build-up to this was just... It, again, kind of like King's promo, it probably worked in this era, but now it felt a little cringier Building the storyline on on whether um, Goldust was 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 gay or not, um, the showing that Ahmed may have had homophobic tendencies. Uh, yeah, I, I just didn't like the build up to this at all. Uh, and in terms of the match, again, this was another one that it didn't need to go 15 minutes. I don't think it, this felt like mm-hmm. uh, a drag. Uh, we got the, the, the spot where uh, Goldust went for some mouth to mouth. Cause obviously we have to play up the, the whole easy gaze nothing. nothing. Uh, but um, Ahmed Johnson uh, wins and is the new intercontinental champion. Uh, but what do you guys think of the match or?
2: It was a decent match. I agree. It went too long. Like, my biggest problem was Marlena. Like, what was she there for? To just stand there and look good in a gold evening gown and smoke a cigar? She doesn't seem to have and to be the distraction for one little thing. She doesn't serve a purpose. And, you know, as we know from later on years, gold Dust was perfectly fine standing on his own. I, I, I think I liked the Gold Dust character. I liked yeah. the ambiguity. I liked the Izzy, Is he, isn't he? I thought it made... Things interesting, you know, and I I think I think Dustin Rhodes had a way of playing that without getting other people involved, you know, as to commentating, you know, like the king did or anything else or even having any of these um, homophobic undertones whatsoever that he he played it off so well to where is he isn't he, but you still For the most part, liked him and he was interesting, you know, to me. Don't arch your eyebrow at me. I see that
4: Tanner. I'm I'm (laughs) I'm just sitting, just minding my own business. Yeah,
2: but you know, like I just, I always enjoyed Gold Dust. You know, Mm -hmm. when I was watching him, up until, I mean, of course now he's not Gold Dust. He's Dustin Rhodes, but I, I always thought the character was great and did enough he was able to do enough with it on his own without people having to, to throw in their two cents and make it overtly homophobic Mm
4: -hmm. that it was
2: interesting to me, but it was for the match itself. I thought it was decent overall, like I said, and yeah, definitely didn't need to go as long as it did. I felt like they could have picked up the pace just a little bit more and it still would have, gotten accomplished everything that they wanted to happen
3: yep i agree um oh oh S- sorry
2: one other thing <laughs> i caught at the very end when ahmed johnson went to do his big power bomb on Goldust at the end shades of, Bo- of future bobby lashley that whole with the arms stretched out and then pulling them up i was like that's hmm. bobby lashley So the fact that you could that now that I'm seeing this, that that's probably kind of a nod that Bobby Lashley does to Ahmed Johnson, because I mean, look at the card. It's pretty darn pasty, despite all the spray tan, you know, it's a it's a very, you know, and that's kind of the times that we were in at that point. So I think that's a really cool thing if that's really what it is and what it's meant to be. To have that, to have Bobby Lashley have that nod to Ahmed Johnson, and so
3: I thought that was cool. A store brand Bobby Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that. that... <laughs> oh. Or
2: is he a store man. brand Ahmed Johnson?
3: I mean, Ahmed Johnson was never world champion. This, you're you're correct.
2: <laughs> I, I assume. I assume. I've never heard well, of him being world champion. We never know.
3: Yeah. He may be so...
4: From 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 my understanding, this, this was kind of the the peak for him was was him winning winning the, the title in this match. Um, <laughs> it, it's funny because I've I've actually been listening to the Wu Tang Clan a lot recently, and uh, <laughs> this match this match in the storyline, the buildup actually reminds me of a song called "Stay Out of Bars" by the Jizza uh, from the Wu Tang Clan. So, uh, <laughs> which is uh, also a kind of a song of its own time uh unfortunately um (laughs) this uh i mean it should have been it should have been pretty straightforward um (laughs) i mean it should have been uh ahmed johnson probably winning in less than 10 minutes uh but but this went about i think what 15 uh this went pretty long um I don't know. It, it's again not the worst match on the card, but would it stand up to things that you would see today? Probably not. Um, again, a lot of the references that we got was very uh, remarkably similar to uh, some of the, the the stuff that King was doing. Again, the things that I'm surprised actually made the cut from Peacock. Um, but again, this match was very far into I think the card. It was even
3: over. I think there was even a point where Jr. was saying uh, uh, that, that it was sick, uh, which is yeah, yeah. For yeah. Jr. to be uh, fed those lines is yeah, it's a, it's incredibly in bad taste now, especially in 2021.
4: Yeah, Um but I mean, uh, it's it's just I don't know. It's it's a it's a thing of its own time, its own era. Um You would have to understand that contextually in order to get it, but. I mean, it's just I don't know. Um it's it is a shame about Ahmed Johnson that he that, that this was perhaps the peak uh of, of his career. Um but I don't know. Um I, I, I love the reference the callback that Ori makes to, to Bobby Lashley though. I think yeah. that's really spot on.
3: Yeah, it's something I didn't really pick up on, but yeah, it absolutely makes sense. So after that, we get a quick commercial for the next pay-per-view, which we'll be covering in a few weeks, our international incident. Uh, And then we get (laughs) Brian Pillman. With the aliens.
4: Yeah. I don't know what uh, aliens had to do with international incident. Maybe, like, intergalactic incident would have been, like, uh.
3: Maybe they just think Canadians are aliens. You never know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) i wasn't um, go that far <laughs> yeah um so then after that we had brian pillman uh coming down to the ring on crutches um i used to love brian pillman uh, such a maverick such a kind of a a character all of his own um he'd actually finessed WCW into releasing him from his contract so he could sign for the WWF in such a brilliant power play, telling uh, Eric Bischoff that it was uh, he, he was basically going to go as 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 kind of like a spy almost. Uh, this this the way he kind of like got. Uh, uh, Bischoff to release him from his contract um, was just such a brilliant, brilliant move and he signed for the, the W ref, I mean he wasn't unfortunately he wasn't there for, for, for too long and, and we kind of know um, what happens with him uh, but this promo it was everything that Brian Pillman was for me absolutely off the ball saying he was going to rape, pillage and plunder the entire federation um it was easy to see why Jeffrey Dahmer tried to consume the whole state. The guy just had no filter. And I think that's what made him so good for me. Uh, but uh, what do you two guys uh, think of, of Brian Pillman, think of this promo?
4: Yeah, I think Jerry the King Lawler could have taken a page out of Brian Pillman's book here. You know, Pil- Pillman, <laughs> Pillman at least was speaking in generalities uh, <laughs> and, and and really... I mean, the the Jeffrey Dahmer reference was was pretty good, Um, but but he wasn't like singling out anybody. He wasn't being like, oh, man, I wish Jeffrey Dahmer ate you and pointed to somebody in the crowd. Right. (laughs) Right. Like, (laughs) like, like, you know, he was just speaking about topical things in general that, you know, the state's probably not too proud of. Um, But, you know, that that's what made the crowd kind of turn on him. And he he fed off of that and yeah his his dynamics and how erratic he was um yeah i mean there's not been anybody since brian pillman to really accomplish that
2: i thought it was this was kind of my first like i've heard of brian pillman it's like this thing of legend that i've known but never really experienced and so this is the first time i've really seen a brian pillman promo to be honest, and the only thing that caught me up that I was like, okay, that would never work today, is the rape part of that line. I think he, you know, today we could get away with the pillage and plunder, but definitely not that. But other than that, I thought that was an amazing promo. I'm like, this guy's nuts. Mm-hmm. I, I see what everybody just the the eyes and the wide smile and the crazy. Well, I mean, the hair wasn't that crazy, but it was just everywhere and and. Like I can see what everybody, and it's very enigmatic and charismatic, and I kind of now I'm kinda like, okay, i wanna I'm interested to see where this guy goes it It very much drew me in, and I was very impressed by it so i'm I'm excited to see where it goes from here once he gets the boot off and whatever else you know, off the crutches and whatnot.
3: Well, and we get a little hint of that when uh, when uh, Stone Cold makes his uh, his entrance, and he, yeah. uh, he and and Pillman give each other a, a look, um, which obviously is a play on on them being a tag team in in uh, WCW, um, but they don't actually mention it on, on 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 this show. But it also kind of is um, uh, a forefront of what is going to come between uh, between the two. Um, But that was a a lovely little nod that I enjoyed.
4: Sierra. Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta.
1: Shield. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code Chairshot to save ten percent. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net.
3: This is my yard now. And then we get um, Austin versus Jake Roberts, uh, the final of the, the King of the Ring. Um, the 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 point is that that Jake is is injured uh, and Austin is targeting. Uh, the, the ribs, the match, again, quite like a, a few of the matches, doesn't go too long, uh, three or four minutes or something like that. Um, and Austin is the the 1996 King of the Ring uh, winner. So, Ori, what did you think of this match?
2: He absolutely buried Jake. I mean, poor Jake was... That may as well have been a casket match because it was open and shut and buried twenty-four feet under. I mean, just you know, I, I don't think he could have buried Jake any farther down. And of course, seeing the 316 promo for the first time in its all in its full contextuality, like, okay, this makes sense where Austin 316 came from. And it, it had a decent pop, but I guess I'm used to the the older You know, as it was established, Pops, and so it was like, okay, it didn't go over like I expected it to, but it still had a, you know, the the whole promo had a decent reaction to it. And he still closed with the classic line that I was used to because Stone Cold says so. That's the bottom line. And so, I've, you know, the match itself wasn't great, I don't think. I think it did what it was supposed to, to catapult Steve to where he needed to be, to fully enmesh himself within that Stone Cold character, and then usher Jake into whatever or wherever he was going to go next. Mm-hmm.
3: And Tana?
4: Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. Uh, th- this This was not a match as much as it was a mechanism to get Stone Cold in in a, in a certain like direction. Right. Um, yeah, and putting him into a certain lane, uh, here, whereas with the uh, Mark Marrow match, uh, you get kind of the more, uh, brutal brawling, you know, just kind of, he was just roughing up, you know, Jake Roberts. Right. Um, and and, and and that's and that's more akin to what we would see later on with him and and we'll definitely have plenty of stone cold matches to talk about I'm sure as uh, as we go um, but, yeah, no, they uh, they they zoomed in on Steve when he's cutting the promo. He, he talks about, uh, you know, uh, Jake's talking about, you know, Psalms, you know, uh, 316. Well, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like, what made my my brain focus in on this. But if you look at Steve, he's actually he's actually got some sideburns. I don't. I, don't I, I was like, oh, it's good, good, good move that you got rid of those because that wasn't really like your. Lip.
2: I caught that too. Like, I didn't yeah. know if it was like a shadow or something. There was just <sighs> something weird, like next to his ear or under his ear. I was like, what's going on there?
4: Yeah, I guess he just skipped shaving that day. He's just, he just <laughs> like, all right, well, I'm just shaved
2: the on. head and said I'm done. <laughs>
4: yeah, he's like, I'm good. um Yeah, no, this. uh Ori touched on the on the pop, which was actually. Um, I was really surprised going back and, and listening to it that it was actually that loud. Uh, I mean, cause all night Steve had been the heel um, and it was, and it was prepping him to be the big heel in, in a certain way um, with, with um, Jake, the snake Roberts being the overwhelming baby face uh, you know, Jake's being ushered out by referees and Austin drops that line and you actually get like a really positive reaction out of the crowd, which I mean, you wouldn't have thunk that, uh, about a heel, uh, especially, uh, someone who's moving to position, position to be a top heel, uh, like Steve was about to be.
3: Yeah. And, uh, it will, we'll obviously touch on it next week, but it, it shows that that resonated with the fans. When you see the amount of people who have got Austin three hundred and sixteen sounds, um, I know I I've, I've I've seen interviews with Stone Cold and he said he didn't know if it would would take off and it was just something that he came up with pretty much on the fly mm-hmm. uh and then uh the week after obviously it turned out to be a, a huge thing and it ended up being the making of his career um mm-hmm. so yeah so it was it was interesting seeing the the genesis of, of what Austin would end up becoming
2: I think the only issue that I have with the match overall is that I I feel like they kind of doomed it before it started with Jake in the ribs and everything. And did he go to the hospital and get taped up and all the, you know, did he have an X-ray and all this, that and the other stuff, you know, I feel like the match they built it like Jake was going to have this amazing comeback. And I think the match could have been worked in a little bit better of a way to where it looked like Jake was going to make a comeback before, you know, and I don't know if that had anything to do with Jake's actual ribs and how hurt he really was, or if they were just intentionally trying to bury him at that point due to backstage politics or whatever else may have been going on. But It felt like the match was doomed before it even got started. I mean, despite, you know, we know how the outcome went before we even watched it. But it it just, I don't know, the whole tone of it before it could even get started was just, can Jake do it? And then you thought he was going to make this amazing comeback after he got Gorilla Monsoon out of the thing. And then, I mean, shut down, signed, sealed, delivered, over. And I think I would have liked to have seen just I mean, there there were quite a few matches you could have shaved time off of to build that up before just letting Austin go. If you're going to bury him anyway, at least give him a chance to have a comeback. But like I said, you know, that it could have been backstage politics. It could have been Jake's actual health, his ribs, whatever. You know, that's just something that for storyline and psychology that mm. I would have liked to see
3: personally. Yeah, that that absolutely makes sense. I think for the 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 point of the how one side of the match was, it was to get over how brutal Stone Cold is, how emotionless he is. He, he doesn't mm-hmm. give uh, a damn about any injuries you've got. He's going to target him and put a, a beating on him. And I, th- I think that was the story they, they were trying to tell. But I also agree with you that maybe a kind of like a little bit of a comeback for for Jake would have made him more of a kind of like. Uh, more of a, a beloved baby face than, than it was looking like um, an old man being, being down almost.
2: Especially since they were building that sympathy all night. You know, play on mm-hmm. it. Give him, at least make him look like he's got a chance in hell eh, to steal a line <laughs> before you completely squash all hopes. Like, if you're going to squash all the hopes anyway, that's fine. Go with it. Do what you got to do to to get that over. But if you're saying... it, If you're... He's trying to make this redemption arc. He's trying to do these things, you know, at least make it look like he does have at least half a chance before you throw him out. You know, it just would have made a little bit more sense to me.
4: I, I think one of the, the aspects um, that I kind of noticed throughout the whole show was how much WWE intended for this to look like a sporting product um uh, like like a lot of it was like okay the, these are like the holds and submissions and the moves that they were using it wasn't very entertainment There, there's you know i mean the <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the the, the the main event here in a moment which was probably the most spectacular you know match as far as like moves go um but yeah i mean in a in a very sporting realm if if you've got you know Jake the snake robert's walking in he's got a very apparent rib injury i mean yeah I, I wouldn't imagine that he would last very long in a in a shoot match against a guy like stone cold um the other thing to consider is had they given jake this kind of comeback uh i mean how would that affect austin's post match promos how would that affect you know what lane he was in going yeah. forward um, you know, cause I mean, you, you, you would want him to look brutal, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, Jake was built up as such a, uh, a, a baby face all night. You almost have to wonder maybe did, did they, did they push that notion a little bit too hard to make fans think, okay, yeah, he's got to make a comeback. He's got to yeah. do something. He's yeah. got a
2: shot. Yeah. Right.
4: Right. Um, maybe that was never the plan. Maybe they were always going to swerve it that way. I, I don't know. But um but yeah and I'm I
2: mean, and I'm perfectly willing to believe that I've watched so much in our current era that I've gotten used to that entertainment factor. And at this point in time, historically, we weren't there yet. You know what I'm saying?
4: Well yeah, no, that's a that's a really that's actually a really, really good point.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean contextually especially when For myself, over the last couple years, I've followed the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and their outside building with Being the Elite and how they wove that into um, Ring of Honor and New Japan and how they built those long-term storylines and whatnot. And how everything eventually has a payoff with them, for the most part. Nothing is... There's no loopholes and hanging threads everything gets braided in flawlessly at some point which there's some I'm still waiting on to be perfectly honest with you but you know it's it could be that I've gotten used to that to that factor of it the entertainment factor the spectacle factor as opposed to more of the sports aspect of it and the athleticism and how it almost felt more like a glorified boxing match gone wrong you know right, right. <laughs> or what have you so I'm 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 definitely willing to to you know put some of my own perspective on that as to why I feel like it didn't work for me
4: no for sure well and 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 I think that <sighs> hmm. if 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 we look like historically speaking and I know we've got a very short history to look at with AEW but like Historically speaking, WWE's always seemed more okay with letting, you know, letting the villain rule at the end of the day, so to speak, right? Letting the heel go over and the good guys don't always have to win. In fact, they hardly ever do nowadays in WWE. (laughs) Um, But um, I think that in their mind at this time, if the ends justified the means that they were okay with letting Steve go and and, and win this match. And And I think that was in my mind the, the right move to 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 let him have this big uh emphatic win o- over jake um
3: yeah mm-hmm. it's the it's the old wrestling adage that the money's in the chase uh, yep. and, and sometimes the the heels have to push the storyline um unfortunately i don't Think we get much of a payoff with with uh, with Jett Robertson this kind of like sympathetic heel story because it is not long for the company before he leaves, but um, it certainly was there to build up Stone Cold as a killer, uh, mm-hmm. as a, a, a huge threat. And he mentioned it in his in his promo about whether it's Bulldog as champion or whether it's Stone Cold as champion. He's coming for that title, um, mm-hmm. and I think in that respect, the match does does what it needs to do. Yeah. So then after that we go into the main event. Um and just before we uh we start the 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 dramatics. We see uh, more Gorilla dramatics. Yeah. <laughs> we see Gorilla Monsoon <laughs> demoting um uh, Mr. Perfect from being the referee uh because of uh, his his potential leanings uh and he's now just going to be an outside enforcer. Um but we get Shawn so Michaels coming out with his uh, with his trainer Jose Lothario and uh, David Boy Smith uh, being flanked by Jim Cornette and uh, Diana. Um, uh, the longest match on the card by a, a, a long, long, long way um, starts off really kind of slow with a lot of um, headlocks and and armbars. But uh, after about six or seven minutes or so, it really kind of like picks up the pace and and becomes a uh, for me, one of the best matches on the card, uh, really kind of maybe pushing the Mankind and, and Undertaker match for for the best match. These two, whenever um, they they had matches, that had really good chemistry, even though they weren't the best of friends uh, uh, backstage. And and Sure Michael certainly pulled a few political tricks on on the Bulldog. Um, but for me, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, uh, Tanner, what did you what did you think of this uh, this main event?
4: So let me preface this by saying that uh, I was born in San Antonio, the same place that Shawn Michaels is is from, um, and I'm I, I'm a huge fan of his, and I I always have been. Um, let's take just a brief moment to appreciate that, even as. Um, we, we've we grown fond of the latter Shawn Michaels run where, where he made his comeback and everything that's that most people recognize that as like his big, like uh, like like his best run, uh, his best years was was his comeback. Uh, but man, uh, just watching the entrance, watching him come out to the ring, he was the man. This guy was the man like the, the the crowd popped and the majority of the cheers were from 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 women and children, like it, it, which you hardly. I mean, I know COVID and whatnot, but you would hardly get that nowadays anyway. Right. Uh, with, with your with your top baby face. Um, th- yeah. Shawn Michaels was just the man here and he, everything that he did looked so like second nature, like, like he was so smooth in the ring and bulldog came in on his a game as well. So, and these, these two put on a heck of a match, um, brawling inside the ring, outside the ring, some really spectacular moves, like a, like a hurricane Rana from Sean to, uh, going out to the outside, which was like, Whoa, that's crazy. Like I, I didn't even know that Sean did that back in the day. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, the slingshot to the outside uh, that Michaels used with his feet, uh, yeah, this was a great match. This was this was this was probably like the best match that stands up on the card in a modern aspect.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or yeah. right.
2: I, I, I can definitely agree with you on that one. Um, it was a gr- it was great. It, it was absolutely great. I mean, you know, I'm once again I'm coming from a position of seeing the newer stuff. I feel like this match in its entirety, if you took two wrestlers on their A game and did this match exactly the same way, it still wouldn't be as good, but this, but overall it would still hold up the mm-hmm. move set, the way they played things off the way they sold certain or sold certain things, you know, everything, even, even, the cuts to Diana and Owen, cheer him on. That's your man. You should be proud of him. Everything completely holds up to the test of time for this match from entrance to exit, completely.
3: Totally agree. Um, we would be remiss though if we didn't mention the the finish and and the, and the post match. Um, we had Mister um, Perfect uh, stopping the the count from Earl Hebner, so they could do a a tandem count. Uh, Owen then pulling uh, Perfect out of the ring. Um, yeah, really weird. And I mean, yeah. I understood yeah. how it made sense for the story, but the fact is, he still he still won the match because he didn't pull Earl Hebner out of the ring. Uh, yeah. Then we get yeah. the the post-match beatdown uh, with uh, the likes of Vader coming out um, and then we get uh, Ahmed Johnson, uh, Warrior coming out and we we end the show with uh, the three faces uh, pausing in the ring uh, which was was meant to set up the angle leading to an international incident but unfortunately um, with Warrior leaving the company it all gets changed up. Um, what what do you guys think of uh of this attempt at a schmoz finish and uh and this post match beatdown?
4: Oh man, uh yeah, that the the finish was the only thing that really didn't make sense, and 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 that's and that's not Bulldog's fault. That's not Sean's fault. Um, <laughs> it's weird because Mister Perfect slides in the ring and he's he's ne- right next to Earl Hebner, and they're counting at the same time, and then Mister Perfect just like stares at Earl Hebner and he's just like waiting. And then, and then I guess Owen pulls him out of the ring. I, I, a lot of that didn't make sense. And then Earl (laughs) completes the count. And I was like, okay, well, what the hell? Uh, but match was, was, was really good post match kind of thing where it was like, you know, Owen and bulldog and Vader being the three leading heels all night. Um, sans stone cold, Steve Austin. Um, you know them coming out beating down the baby faces. Ahmed Johnson tries to make the save, and then Ultimate Warrior comes out and makes the save. Um, yeah, I mean, it it was it was to send the crowd home with a feel good moment, and and rightfully so. Um, but yeah, the 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 referee uh, confusion was uh, that, that's the only the only blemish I think like that that that's on this match.
2: So I'm going to disagree, and this is the way I see it. <laughs> episode two let me disagree with you um <laughs> that's how this episode going <laughs> no I, it made sense to me in the fact that despite mr perfect consistently saying i'm gonna call it down the middle i'm gonna call it down the middle
1: yeah camp
2: cornet thought th- i mean they were talking about oh we went and played golf with kurt henning we've been hanging out he's a great guy they thought they had Mr. Perfect in their pocket. Yeah. So when Sean goes for the pin and he's like, wait, let's do it together, Owen Hart's pissed. Like, wait a minute. we You're going to yeah. call it down the middle, air quotes, but you're supposed to call it down the middle for our guy. What are right. you doing? You're supposed to be in our corner. You're supposed to be in our pocket. Now, mm-hmm. yes, it would have made more sense. For him to pull Hebner out. Mm -hmm. But the beef here. Was to set up for. The beef with Mr. Perfect. I'm assuming. Because once again. I've never seen all of this. I don't know where this is going. So that could. That in my head. As someone who's never seen it before. Would be okay. This is going to set up an issue. Between Owen Hart and Mr. Perfect. Because you were supposed to be. In our pocket to call it down the middle, but in Davy Boy Smith's favor. Yeah. And you didn't. You yeah. were going, you were going to allow Shawn Michaels to win after we whined and dined and golfed you and all this other kind of stuff. And you didn't. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that's just the way I'm viewing it from my bubble, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak. So yeah. in that aspect of it, it, it makes sense to me. It still would have made more sense to have somebody pull Hebner out even, if you know, have Jim grab his foot and stop it altogether. But I mm. get why, why Owen went after Kurt Henning.
4: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if, if they do, and, and again, we'll, we'll see as the episodes roll on where this goes. Um, but if, if, if they do set up a, a Kurt Henning, uh, Mr. Perfect, Owen Hart match, then that, that would definitely explain a, a lot of why he went after Mr. Perfect and and you did see Owen like what are you doing why are you, why are you counting there, um, I mean strategically you would you would want to pull Hebner out of the ring because he's supposed to be like the in ring ref whereas they made like Mr. Perfect the outside of the ring ref I guess I, and I don't even know why Mr. Perfect ran in the ring in the first place if that's the case whatever right um but yeah um and then after after Owen kind of like dresses him down like uh, verbally on the outside and just was like hey like what are you doing mr perfect just walks away <laughs> like he's nowhere to be seen in the brawl he's 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 no longer there um which was which was a little bit odd but yeah
2: um, I, I, he turned think, tail and ran
4: yeah, yeah I, 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 I think away. at
3: this time it was um it was actually subject to a lloyd's of london um insurance policy where he wasn't actually oh. allowed to have any any uh, action
4: that's right that's right
3: oh <laughs> Yeah, well, that's basically, there was a a, a fad around this town where lots of wrestlers were getting a huge multi million dollar in insurance payouts from Lloyd's of London, but on the proviso that they they didn't wrestle again. Um, so I think mm. that was the the issue why we didn't see a lot of, of kind of uh, action between Owen and, and Perfect at this time. Well,
4: there you that go. That would
3: make sense. Yeah. So, um, how I'd like to close this out is um, to to uh, ask you both what you think stood out and would uh, would stand up in in twenty twenty ones on this show, and what kind of that like, falls flat. So, I want uh, one one uh, moment or match or or um, a promo that you enjoyed and you think would work nowadays, and one that uh, that kind of doesn't fit anymore. Uh, let's go to you, Tanner.
4: Okay. Uh well, match um it, it has to be for me the uh, British bulldog challenging um uh, Sean Michaels. Like that that match that match stands up today uh very very well. Um so yeah, I, I would I would put that up at the top of my list. Uh <laughs> <laughs> at the bottom of the list, it's got to be the the, the, the the Jerry, the King Lawler promos like th- that would not fly today, not at least not with the language that he used. Um, I, I think that uh, comparing maybe um, that confrontational style of promo with the crowd with like MJF, who does a lot of the same stuff, people get that MJF is who he is it's it's a, it's a character whereas people obviously knew that uh jerry the king lawler was also a character but he he made it way more personal than i've seen some of the stuff that uh, mjf does um so yeah the the king stuff d- does not stand up
3: okay and aura
2: i am definitely going to agree with you about staying uh, you know holding up that that Shawn michaels debut Boy Smith match was just it was phenomenal there's just two no no two ways about it I mean that that's one of the best matches that I think I've ever seen um and while I don't disagree with you about the King stuff I will say that in today's modern era I do not think and I'm waiting for people to come for me on this one I do not think the Austin 316 in its complete contextuality would go over today in our PC culture the way it did then. I, I think there would be a lot of conservative Christians who would come out, that's blasphemous, you can't, and there probably was some then, but in our culture today of social media and Twitter and Facebook and all of that, I don't think it would go over as well now. As it did then. You're blasphemous, you're going to hell. Repent, repent, repent. How dare you take the Lord's work and and completely defame it and so forth. I I just I just don't see that going over (laughs) now like it did then. Then in the context that it was, in the era that we were in, not only as a wrestling era, but as a society, Mm. it, it worked because of where we were and who we were in that time, you mm. know, nowadays, Ooh, I don't see that flying at all. There, there would be Snickers. Do you want to support this Doritos? Is this what you're going to stand for? I think that's how that would go. Honestly, you know,
3: Yeah, I mean, make a, a really good point. Um I'm gonna give a clean sweep to the the, the Flat for me. Uh it was the, the Jerry Lowley and and I'm gonna actually extend it to the the casual homophobia that that kind of run through the show. Uh, yeah. for me that was <laughs> Definitely. Uh, it, it it was certainly of its time. Um I can understand why it, it it kind of like was was so accepted back then, but right now in this day and age, um mm-hmm. yeah, it was not on and it it, it marred the show for me because of, of how blatant and how how casual the the homophobia really was. Uh for the thing that stands up, I'm actually gonna go totally against Ori. I think um For me, it is the Austin 316 promo. Uh, And I understand your reasoning, and it absolutely does make sense. But uh, thinking of it from uh, a 2021 wrestling world where a lot of promos are scripted, especially coming from WWE, a lot of promos are scripted down to the letter, and there's no real kind of passion or kind of um, uh, charisma from a lot of the the wrestlers giving promos, Mm. Uh, a good kind of heartfelt promo stands out we've seen it in AEW with cordy uh when he gives a a promo that he that he's speaking from his soul it it means something and, and he gets a lot of plaudits for it um and i think that this austin one was him off the top of his head coming up with a, pl- a promo that, that really meant something to him and we got uh, countless um, catchphrases and, and um, uh, things that are synonymous with Stone Cold from this two- to three-minute promo. I think um, it was a, an important time in, in wrestling, and I think that if we had this kind of promo now, I think it would be a, a huge hit. So I think, for me, the promo is the thing that stands out.
2: And, and I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. I completely agree with you. I think it was dynamic and wonderful, but going back to what you said, this would never be scripted in this way in Mm -hmm. this day and age. I like it because it is off the cuff and it is passionate and it did give us a lot to build off of stone cold, but it something like this in the E as it stands today, that dog won't hunt (laughs) that it would, they would come for it hard, super hard.
3: Yeah, like I said, I can totally see your point. Uh, but, guys, that's the first review in the bag. Uh, we've started our our journey through the Attitude Era. Um, so next week's uh, show will be the, the June 24th, 1996 edition of Raw, which I think was from Green Bay uh, at the the brown county expo whatever is that a thing i don't know um
4: <laughs> i don't know i'm not from wisconsin
3: Yeah, me neither. that's the wrong well, end of the country
2: for us buddy
4: <laughs> yeah
3: um so all that's left to do is uh is let the people know where they can get hold of uh all of us so let's start with you tanner
4: uh yeah, uh you can uh, find me uh on Twitter at TexasGentleman_ uh give me a follow. Uh, I I do uh I do a, a separate show here. I used to do shows about wrestling, now I do shows about uh some proper football. Uh so you can you can actually come watch uh us do live streams on the weekend uh at Radio Techers. So follow that on Twitter as well at uh R A D I O T E K K E R S. Good stuff and aura.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Oriana75, that's O-R-I-O-N-A-7-5, and I also Twitch stream on Mondays and Friday nights at 8 p.m. Um, over on the Twitch, did I say that already? I feel like I said that already, on Twitch, um, but yeah, doing a lot of third-person shooters right now, um, trying to get into some Monster Hunter world, and just having some fun with my husband, playing some stupid games, and making stupid jokes, and it's a lot of fun
3: yeah absolutely um as for me uh you can follow me on twitter at dejkerber i'm also part of that amazing team at radio techers uh with this uh with this good fellow right here uh i also do uh five rounds with uh, my son carlos which you can find on this network chair shop uh and you can also follow the show uh at acia podcast um so yeah go and give uh go and give the the podcast twitter a follow uh thank you too for for being a part of this uh i'm gonna say it probably every single week but yeah i really do appreciate you coming on this journey with me um thank you all for listening and as we say on the chair shot you should always use your head
4: ShareShot.com Always use your head.
0: Say goodbye